The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Ten minutes after eight. Thank you so much uh, for tuning into the forum this morning. If you've been with us all the way through, thanks so much for staying with us. And if you've just tuned in, good morning to you too. Is there a place for traditional leadership in a democracy? Chapter 11 of the South African Constitution states that the institution, status and the roles of traditional leadership according to customary law are recognized. And to this end, numerous pieces of legislation have been passed and various programs implemented to ensure that traditional leadership makes an important contribution to the development of society. Traditional leaders of all ranks, that is kings, inkosi, dihosi, headmen and women, um, also play an advisory role to government regarding the lives of the country's traditional rural populations. However, there are those people in society who believe and uh, who think that that the institution of kings and monarchies are old-fashioned and cannot work in a democracy today. And this is what prompted us to discuss whether there is a place for monarchy in a democracy. And our guest this morning, we have Jose Sipo Matlangu, who is Deputy Chairperson of the National House of Traditional Leaders. And we also have Nolundi Luaya, a researcher at the Center for Law and Society at UCT and also a member of the Alliance for Rural Democracy and a member of the, um, uh, which is a group of civil society organizations. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, thank thank you. you very much. Good morning to your listeners. And um, Dan Whitehead is our correspondent in London, and we thought it'd be interesting if we started this conversation by speaking to Dan uh, to talk about why it is that a well-functioning democracy um, would actually maintain the monarchy. Dan, good morning, and thanks for speaking to us today. Good morning to you. My pleasure. So, first off, what is Britain? Is it uh, a democracy? Is it a monarchy? What exactly is it? Well, I think the answer to that would be a democracy. Uh, And uh, the role of the monarchy, uh, not only in Britain but across Europe, uh, has mostly now become symbolic. Um, There are technicalities, uh, of course. Uh, the, The British Queen here is politically neutral. She can't vote, but she... Um, does have the right to rule and advise ministers. She swears in government. She has the uh, right to dissolve a parliament. But these are haven't been exercised for uh, a long, long time. And uh, that is the argument for campaign groups such as Republic here in the UK, uh, which want to see the monarchy dissolved. Uh, they say that actually... The Queen doesn't exercise any of these powers. She simply does what the Prime Minister says, and that we should have, if we're going to have a monarchy, it should be someone who is elected and not this uh, hereditary system which we have. But if you look at Europe as a whole, uh, currently 10 serving uh, monarchies across a range of countries, Belgium, Denmark, Luxembourg, and Netherlands. And the roles, as I say, are generally symbolic. What we don't have uh, is a situation that we have in, say, Middle Eastern countries like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, where... Uh, members of the royal families there hold, of course, key government jobs. It is a very different system here, where it is mostly uh, a part of the image of national unity. That is the role of the monarchs here. Uh, and I mean, there are exceptions. Liechtenstein, for instance, uh, their monarch has the power to veto any decision taken uh, by Parliament. And actually, there was a vote a couple of years ago in Liechtenstein where the public overwhelmingly voted in favour uh, for those powers not to be removed. So there are the odd exceptions, but generally uh, around the 10 serving monarchies in Europe, they are symbolic, they are to do with national unity, and they don't exercise uh, any real power in terms of 
the decisions made by government and parliament on a day-to-day basis. So what's the, f- the point of keeping them then? Well, that is a good question. Uh, and uh, there are many people, uh, royalists, who have uh, strong arguments in their opinion as to why uh, monarchies and royal families should be kept. And if you look at the UK, uh, you know, we have a real changing monarchy uh, at, at the minute. And a lot of people say they do a lot of good when it comes uh, to national image, when it comes to tourism, um, and national identity and unity. Uh, you know, the British Queen uh, has just recently become the longest-serving monarch uh, in British history, uh, some 63 years, more than 63 years uh, at the helm. And uh, throughout that, she has uh, lived by her sort of constitutional role uh, and has done a lot in terms of public service. Uh, and uh, people, uh, the general consensus is that we wouldn't want to uh, be rid of, of the monarchy as a whole uh, because of what they bring um, uh, to to the national identity and, uh, as I say, to the wider image of the UK and to business in terms of tourism, especially with the younger generations of the UK coming through. You look at, of course, uh, Prince William, the future king, and his wife Kate, uh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, uh, their image is far more modern now. And actually, the, the royal family here in the United Kingdom has advanced hugely uh, over the, the last 50 years or so in terms of, of the interaction they have uh, with the public, the normality and the connections they have uh, with the, uh, the British public. And we saw that with the Queen's Jubilee celebrations in recent years, where actually there is euphoria, really, uh, among the British public, uh, and there is clearly still a strong place for them. But I would imagine that, that, uh, that this comes at a heavy cost to the taxpayer. And how do uh, Britons feel about that? Well, that is always the, uh, the strong message that we hear from campaign groups about how much uh, it costs, especially when this is not someone uh, who is elected. And as I say, you know, there's specific uh, uh, laws which allow the Queen to advise ministers and actually... Uh, he looks, you know, deep at the details. He does have uh, a lot of power, but like most monarchies, it isn't exercised uh, in, in Europe. Um, so there are people saying, "Well, look, if we're paying for this, uh, let you know, let's elect uh, our, our monarchy." Um, but it, it, it is simply the case that in the UK, uh, the British monarchy and the Queen still withholds a digital amount of popularity and uh, and regardless of the fact that there are no major decisions uh, being made, people still feel that she is value for money when it comes uh, to the taxpayer expense. Well, Dan, thank you so much for that and um, really appreciate those insights. Our correspondent in London, Dan Whitehead, and according to what Dan was saying there, um, there seems to be no chance uh, that uh, European monarchies uh, would be abolished, at least not in the near future. Now, let's get back to the South African situation with Kosi Sipo Matangu. Why should South Africa, as a constitutional democracy, hold on to monarchs? Uh, first and foremost, I think um, th- that question is a question that has been asked uh, for a long time. And and whilst uh, that question is being asked, we are seeing a strong uh, belief in the system uh, as people now are trying to re-identify themselves as who they are because they believe that uh, those monarchs or the traditional leaders are the custodians of who they are. You know, they have a sense of identity uh, through them, 
and uh, you know so people are starting to become aware uh, of, of of their own uh, cultural heritage and their own and their own identities and 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 we we believe that uh, the institution plays a very important role uh, in the country uh, we always hear uh, voices especially from uh, urban areas or you know that uh, the system should be abolished but when you go down to rural areas uh, it is contrary to what uh, people are saying because that's where uh, most traditionally leaders they play a developmental role uh, in those uh, areas they you know they they contribute towards social cohesion uh, some of them even though there's a contestation between traditional leaders and uh, municipalities there's a fairly good relationship that is there between them and uh, and, and 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 government and they are government in quite a number of uh, programs uh, you know that they are promoting in 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 their own areas so we we can safely say that uh, the institution is still uh, necessary uh, it has done a lot towards uh, unifying uh, the country what would you say then to the criticism that um, monarchies actually simply serve to perpetuate uh, privilege and inequality by only, um, you know, uh, 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 parachuting a few and keeping them in luxury while the rest of the population suffers? I, I think contrary to that, uh, if you look at most traditional leaders, I think uh, most of them could have done much better Um have they not been in that position? Because you have quite a number of highly educated traditional uh, uh, leaders that, that could compete anywhere. Most of them have had, uh, their own profession because uh, they had to take up uh, this role, uh, which is customarily uh, their role, and their communities expect them to abandon everything else that they are doing. Yes, there may be one or two that are... Uh, uh, enjoying the luxuries, but those luxuries are luxuries that are coming from their own people. And in most cases, their people don't 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 complain. But you have a lot of traditional leaders uh, uh, that could be doing extremely well uh, in, in in their own position. Some doctors, some engineers, some advocates. Uh, but they have left all those professions to be able to serve their communities. Uh, in most for a salary that is uh, around fifteen, sixteen thousand rands. So and you're saying that they are using money coming from their own people. Who might that be then? Sorry. When you say they use money coming from their own people, who might that be? Doesn't it come from the Look, fiscus? There's very little uh, that comes uh, from the fiscus that goes towards uh, towards the institution. If if one compares to what the institution does. I mean, I would, I would uh, cite an example that if you look at um, what is happening in in, in, in in Bukalanga, where a traditional council would be given 125000 to operate uh, for the whole year. Um, in most cases, people that work there are people that are volunteering uh, to, to serve their communities. You know, just with that uh, little amount, that could be a salary for one person, but you find that there's approximately 60 people that are working in an office uh, in that institution, assisting communities in terms of identifying the needs of the communities, uh, helping the municipalities towards conceptualizing your 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 IDP uh, programs, um, you know, empowering cooperatives, 
making sure that uh, women and, and, and the youth are, are getting land to be able to start food gardens and start agricultural projects. So there's quite a lot uh, that is being done. Yes, you'd find one or two traditional leaders that may not be doing what we are saying uh, they are doing, but it's something that cannot be generalized uh, with the whole institution because in most cases, most detractors would be, would, would be those that have experienced uh, you know, treatment from one traditional leader and all of a sudden uh, generalize with, with, with the whole institution. But as the House of Traditional Leaders, uh, we've seen uh, many traditional leaders that we have evidence of that are doing extremely well with their, with, with, with their communities. So um, when you say that uh, the king should be on par with the president and he should draw a similar salary to that of the president, chiefs and headmen and women to be paid the same level as their political counterparts. And um, so, so, so you are you basically saying that basically the South African um, share, uh, taxpayer should be footing this bill. Yes, the, I mean, uh, we, we are serving the same uh, constituency because, I mean, if you are talking about that, uh, the, the taxpayer, most of those taxpayers are people that we are serving in our areas. You know, sometimes when that argument comes, it's as if we are serving aliens as traditional leaders. We're not serving the very same people that uh, are taxpayers. I mean, uh, in most cases, people in rural areas, they appreciate the role that is being played by the institution. They appreciate the services that they are getting from the institution, and we are saying, uh, government, please recognize uh, that institution you know, and, 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 and reimburse them fairly, uh, you know, with, you know, as, with, consumerate with uh, but their, the, the president, their counterparts. The president, MPs, they are elected representatives, and if people feel that uh, they are dissatisfied with the service that they receive from these elected representatives, they can actually vote them out of power. They can't exactly vote the king out, can they? Well, they can't vote uh, the, the, the king out, but if you look at um, when one talks about democracy, um, you know, traditional leaders are, are you know, as an institution, it, it's a highly democratic institution. I mean, any person in a community has a say they can go in and, 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 and raise their concerns with their traditional leader at any given time. You know, um, if they are unhappy with whatever that is happening within within that structure, and in most cases, whatever in most, what the king does or the senior traditional does, it's what these people have said he should do. You know, they would confirm what has been raised uh, by their own people. They do not necessarily come up with uh, uh, things that uh, you know that are contrary to what uh, their people want. You know, even their decisions that they make are decisions that are informed by the council, and also their own uh, subjects. I mean, a person can go anytime without making an appointment to see a traditional leader. Uh, they can participate in any proceedings of a traditional council. Uh, you know, it can be the whole community, can be a single person, whether educated or not. The voice is equally the same with any other person. You know, so we believe that that is democracy to us. You know, where a person... Uh, can voice uh, their own opinion at any given time and be able to participate on anything that, that happens within that institution. So whatever that happens there, uh, in most cases people know uh, mm. what is happening. Those issues are part of that. Let me go to Nolundi and ask uh, Nolundi, 
Is there a place for a monarchy, for traditional leadership in a constitutional democracy such as ours? Thanks, Sakina. Um, My departure point would be a qualified yes, there is. Um, The starting point is obviously the Constitution, which in Section 211 recognizes the institution of traditional leadership. But what's really key there is the way in which the institution is recognized. And the Constitution is clear that it is recognized according to customary law. And it's there that we need to focus our attention. Because the Constitutional Court has been very clear that the customary law recognized by the Constitution and the customary law that should be the customary law that that, um, is practiced in South Africa is a living version of customary law. It's a customary law that is people-centered versus being leader-centered. And so if we understand that, that the institution of traditional leadership and therefore monarchies are recognized in accordance with the customary law that is people-centered, we must um, come to the second qualifying factor, which says that the role of monarchs and traditional leaders can only be and should only be determined by the people over whom they govern. And those people should also very importantly be given the choice to opt into or opt out of the jurisdiction of those monarchs and leaders. It's about really giving value and giving credence to the African idioms that say, Nkosi, Nkosi, Gabantu. A traditional leader is a traditional leader through people. And it's not the state's role to decide whether or not there's a role for monarchs. It is the people's role to decide. The state should not lead in this area, but it should follow the will and wishes of the people. But how does that happen, uh, especially in a hereditary monarchy? The people can't exactly go and say, like, we want the, uh, the, this person to be the next king, because that is uh, determined, uh, uh, you know, uh, according to certain rules. And given that 20 million South Africans live in areas that are ruled uh, by kings or traditional leaders, you know, there's, there's quite a sizable part of this population that uh, falls under this jurisdiction. That is very true. Um, there are certain communities where communities are for themselves deciding to change the ways in which they elect some of their traditional leaders. You have the recent case of the Gala community, which has a long history of electing the people who become headmen in that community. So there you see that people are choosing to really um, uh, exemplify and highlight the democratic elements within customary law. And of course, you know, there is a, a question about how one gets around the fact that a lot of these positions are decided on a hereditary basis. And my response there, Sakina, would be to say that if you are deciding the position in a, a non-electable way, so if it is decided through blood and through birth, then you must be very, very conscious of the way in which you give that person powers. And it is there that I think that the state is really doing a very dangerous thing in that the state is unilaterally empowering those traditional leaders, some of whom who are not democratically elected, in a way that does not consult their people. So it's almost doubly disadvantaging the communities. A, they cannot elect their leaders, and B, they have absolutely no say over the type of powers that those leaders are given by the state. I feel that you could balance out this thing of hereditary leadership positions by saying, fine, people may not have a choice over who becomes the next leader, but they should absolutely be able to have a choice over the types of powers that that leader is empowered by. And of course, communities are across the board adopting ways in which they are finding um, ways to, to make that hereditary position 
and something that they have a say over. And customary law is rich with stories of how there have always been mechanisms and ways to exercise some control over who takes um, the position of leadership. There have always been the ability to influence side parties, rules that are suddenly brought to the fore at certain times so that a particular type of person manages to find their way into the leadership system. Mm. Isn't it easy in countries where you have one royal family as opposed to a situation like ours where there are several? I don't think so. I think that the the plurality of legal families, royal families, excuse me, in, in South Africa is not necessarily a downside. It just means that it requires a lot more creativity in terms of ensuring that uh, there is equal treatment across the royal families, but it also just uh, uh, requires more creativity in thinking through the ways in which you make the constitution and its recognition um, of customary law and traditional leadership a reality in people's lives. But, but can we afford it then? Can we afford it if all these families are to be treated equally. Let me just read some stats before we go to the news. You can chew on it and answer when we come back. Um, if we look at uh, the stats, um, South Africa has a reported 800 uh, senior traditional leaders, over 5,300 chiefs and headmen and headwomen, and all traditional leaders, of course, pay by the South African government. And as of 2014, the published remuneration rates cost the country around 575 million Rand. And then there is, of course, um, the disparity that exists between what each of these royal houses gets paid. So quite a bit to talk about. And um, before I get back to the panel, let me just squeeze in a few messages here. Um, what you are saying, Mzet says, as long as we have places called rural areas, we have the space for traditional leaders. Tilibali says, monarchy has no place in a democratic state. It is totally against the principles of the constitution, which is the supreme law. And then Malcolm II, I beg your pardon, Malcolm II says monarchs are outdated institutions. They no longer serve any purpose except looting our tax money. They belong to museums. And uh, Unati Kwaza says poverty wouldn't be this rife in rural areas if kings and chiefs actually help their people with farming. Um, Timothy uh, Kledwaba says in Mashashane village in Limpopo, we pay tax. At the same time, the king wants to force us to pay levies. Who are we subjects to? And then Bonnie says, I salute royal houses like King and Bapedi leaders uh, that generate income for themselves and not wait for government. Uh, those are some of the messages. I'll read more as we move along. But I want to go to the line now, 0891-104-208, and hear from David, who's calling us from Toyando. Good morning, David. Morning. How are you, Sakina? I'm well, thanks. And you? I'm good. You know, my, my concern, I, I would say, let's have, uh, th- there is a space for traditional leaders, but we must get back to basics. The concern must be the development of the people, rather than the the, 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 the development of the chief or the traditional leader at the expense of the people. I'm saying this, uh, that in this area where I'm staying, you find ordinary people, when they want a residential place to build their own houses, they are charged up to 8,000 rand. And some of these people are unemployed. You know, I, I think it's basically unbecoming. I think that the, 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 the traditional leader got a space in our democracy. But the other thing, 
that I want to stress is perhaps there there should be some more research on the use of traditional leaders together with the councillors. What councillors? I think there is some duplication of some kind because in the area of the traditional leader, you still find a white councillor who must also be paid at the expense of the taxpayer. I, I think this must be properly looked into. But I also want to question one of your guests who indicated that most of the traditional leaders are highly educated. That is not true. Uh, very few of them, yes, they are educated, but we can't say most of them are educated. Basically, what I want to say is there is a space for them, but let there be more concern for the people rather than uh, perhaps the enrichment of the traditional leaders. Thank you so much, David in Toyando. Let's hear from uh, Pasiga in Tata. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my school of thought, which is the African school, Africanist school of thought, does not even call them traditional leaders. It calls them uh, royal leaders, which is what they are. They are royal, just like anybody else. However, there is a lack of political will, uh, or shall one say, there is a clear program from the ruling party to destroy this institution because it regards it as a competition. One has only got to look at just three pieces of legislation. One will recall, Sakina, that there was what was called the wall-to-wall uh, demarcation act. I think it was the year 2000. And there was similarly another act which was called CLARA, the Community, Community Land Rights Act. And lately, this traditional court bill. Now, if you look at that, the ruling party is uh, sort of uh, uh, clouding the whole issue because at the back of their mind, they do have their conscience that as Africans, they need to protect this institution. However, certain interests which are not African are working against that and they are touting your, 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 the, 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 everything which is being said that in a, in, in a Republican situation, there is no need for traditional, uh, what you call, institution. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much, Patika. Abegi in Mpangeni, good morning. Good morning. I would like to more of ask the chief something because I'm not too familiar with the Kasimari law. In an area where I come from here in Mpangeni, called Emanzi Melin, the late chief, I think he died last year, in Dezindong in Zimela, was a chamber going someone, I think they observe Sabbath on a Saturday. As a result, the law in this era is that anyone in this era cannot do anything on a Saturday, seeing that the chief is not allowed because of his beliefs to do anything. You can't hold a wedding. During the day, you can't have a ceremony. Everything must be done on a Saturday, which I feel is not fair to the community because not all of us are shame going. I just want to find out from the chief if that is still in the best interest of the people and if it's that within the law. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Beggy, uh, Malone in Johannesburg. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Good and you? Fine. My comment on, on that is like, you know, traditional leaders, for me, they, they use their power. They, use, they abuse the women because they can select 
men and women, and for me that one is, uh, we don't, uh, for my personal opinion, that's uh, uh, abuse of women because they, they got power to choose. You know, instead of them going and pick their, their wife, they, they let, uh, you know, like people and pick the women for, for, for that. For me, I disagree with the traditional leaders. They don't have a, uh, what they call it, they must not continue with this modern democracy that they, they, we live in. Okay, that's Milan in Joburg. Uh, some of the SMS messages, this one says, everything your guest says is being done by traditional leaders, is being done by local authorities and elected leaders. Therefore, traditional leaders are redundant. KL says, a uh, thing that makes me sick is when they say they have royal blood. Where did they get it from? Stephen Durbin says, no issues with monarchy, but when people pay for their children's education, accommodation, food, etc., to uh, through taxes, uh, they give nothing back. When traditional laws are opposed uh, to national laws, then there is an issue. This one says, how does one align traditional systems with constitutional values like gender equality? Most of the traditional leaders are men, uh, but uh, the constitution, of course, uh, takes care of equal rights for all. And then uh, Joe in Peter Maritzburg says, even in rural areas, traditional leadership uh, following is shaky, to say the least. And then how many kings, queens do we have in South Africa? And then there are the chiefs. What is their relationship to the kings and the queens? Uh, Vugani Kumalo in Durban says, there's no place for the monarchy in a constitutional democracy. By its very nature, the monarchy is despotic and autocratic. Many hide behind this institution to justify their barbaric acts against ordinary people. And some even use it to fulfill their pedophilic inclinations. It should be done away with. We should elect those we want to lead us not be given them by virtue of birth. That's Vugani Kumalo in Durban's contribution. Jose, let me start with you in response to what listeners are saying. Um, what I can say, I think when one listens to most comments, I think people don't have much information in terms of what the institution does. Um, we we have not done much to take stock and check because uh, people are extremely ill-informed. I mean, uh, we are hearing people saying that they abuse women, we are barbaric, and, 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 and all sorts of things. And I I honestly believe that if you look at uh, what you just spoke about now in terms of uh, the expense towards uh, the taxpayer, mm. if one looks at the benefits uh, that one gets from the institution as compared to the expense, uh, I don't think you'll be able to to quantify the service. What are those uh, benefits? That one gets. Sorry? What are those benefits? No, look, I, I, I just highlighted them, uh, that one, uh, traditional leaders um, are very central in, in, in development in, 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 in most of their areas. Uh, people are getting uh, buzzers from traditional uh, councils. Um, I've, I've seen quite a number of traditional councils taking... Uh, children to school. I've seen quite a number of uh, rural economic development programs that are run by the by the uh, institution of traditional leadership. I've seen the views uh, of communities, uh, you know, uh, being highlighted in in in, in government. I've seen uh, quite a number of government departments being brought by traditional leaders to be able to assist in areas where they've identified that there are needs uh, for those uh, uh, 
uh, uh, communities. I mean, I can cite an example where a House of Traditional Leader uh, went on an outreach program where in, in an area called Tatane uh, in Limpopo where HIV and AIDS uh, voluntary testing was done uh, where traditional leaders went door-to-door encouraging people to do voluntary testing. In a small village, over 400 people went to do voluntary uh, testing and, 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 and a sector plan for to fight HIV and AIDS was launched there. I mean, if you, if you look at uh, what is done in 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 in, in, KZN, in terms of uh, promoting abstinence uh, to fight the scourge uh, of HIV and AIDS, cooperatives were trained uh, on how to manage their own uh, uh, small projects. So people were empowered, you know, with what uh, the traditional leaders are doing. There are also partnerships with different uh, private sectors. I mean, the areas where digital villages. Uh, are being opened uh, with the help of traditional leaders partnering with with uh, different institutions. I've seen quite a number of traditional leaders building boreholes for their own communities in partnership with different structures. So that's one thing uh, we haven't taken stock, and probably as as the institution, because uh, currently we are now in Bloemfontein, where each and every ten percent of a different province, we are here to take stock in terms of what is it. Uh, that we are doing and what is it that we can do to improve the way we are serving our people. Uh, when one was uh, listening to Nolundu, uh, she said that uh, you know the institution must be people-centered. We are doing everything in our power uh, to be people-centered, to put our people first and make sure that uh, people get the benefits uh, that they should be getting um, uh, from the institution. But I think we'll improve our communication and make sure that uh, people get to know exactly what the institution is, is doing and, and to a bit of uh, education because uh, I, you know, some of these comments I could see that uh, they are not necessarily from people that are accustomed to the institution, that have come face to face with the institution and see what the institution does. Are people that normally just get hearsays uh, on, in urban areas and on, 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 on the street, you know, but, but we'll take criticism. Uh, where criticism is due, uh, there was an issue that was raised around uh, uh, residential sites, uh, you know, that, that were charged at, at 8,000 mm-hmm. rents and all those. So as the House will also go and check, you know, uh, uh, and, 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 and we need to check with that community whether they've agreed with that, is it justifiable or not justifiable, uh, you know, what could be a, a, a price that the community would absorb was if that 8,000, people see that 8,000 as money that is going to us, a traditional leader. It does not go to a traditional it goes to an institution. Whenever people look at the institution, they look at a person. But yet the person that is the traditional leader is more of a chairperson of an institution uh, that is transformed, you know, where you find that uh, uh, 30% of the traditional council uh, comprises of women you know, uh, in those areas where it has been transformed. And there's 40% of traditional councillors that have been elected by people. So the institution is, 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 is transforming uh, in, 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 in different areas. And, and this, those are some of the things that we are discussing mm. at this conference that we are in, you know, to, just to make sure that uh, uh, we are able to deliver services uh, to our people and make sure that we highlight all the positives uh, that are... Uh, being done by by the institution, so that you know people could quantify 
the 500 million that that you are talking about as compared uh, to the service, to the service that 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 we are that we are giving people slowly uh, traditional leaders are becoming highly educated uh, i've heard that there's very few that that, <laughs> that that's the perception that people have you uh-huh. know whenever one comes they expect you to see a very old man uh, that is uneducated but you know they are surprised when you come as a traditional leader and you are you are educated because that's the perception that people have it is not necessarily what is on 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 the ground uh, let me come to you, um, Nolundi, and and then some I- serious issues being raised here about uh, the the times when the traditional leadership and what they believe in a spouse is actually in contradiction to what the constitution says. Absolutely, Sakina. Your caller's um, variety of experiences and opinions is exactly the reason why it's so important that people are at the center of defining whether or not there is a role for traditional leaders and what that role should look like. I think that the experiences that people are relating as they call into the show is invaluable for the the, um, Khosi Masangu to take back to the house because this is exactly why it is um, that you cannot have a one-size-fits-all conception of the role of um, monarchies in South Africa, and it's exactly why you cannot have a one-size-fits-all legislation as to the type of powers that they're going to be given. To also come back to the question about costs, Sakina, and whether mm. or not we can actually afford um, the, the payment that we give to traditional leaders, the issue of costs raises some really key concerns for me. The first is obviously that it is... Um, quite an additional cost to the fiscus um, and potentially one that we cannot afford. But the counter to that is that if you stop paying traditional leaders, uh, you potentially run into a situation where they may, in order to finance their activities, they may levy taxes um, on rural communities. And a member, one of your callers, spoke about the fact that um, they are required to pay um, additional levies. Levies, Now, you've got to remember that you're speaking about some of the poorest communities in South Africa. You're talking about households, some of which survive on a child grant and an old age pension um, and have no other form of income. Imagine having them bear the cost of financing the activities of traditional leaders and traditional councils. You find yourself in a very difficult situation. Of course, the other side of that argument is that there is a real inherent danger if these leadership positions have a salary attached to them. There is then no way of assuring that the interests of the people are always at the heart of why it is that someone would take up a position of traditional leadership. You run into this question of whether or not the position becomes about self-enrichment or whether it becomes about service to the people. So really this issue of cost is not just a question of the strain on the fiscus, but it's about investigating the two sides of what it means to either put it in or to take it out. Our question on the forum this morning, is there a place for uh, traditional leadership and monarchy in a constitutional democracy such as ours? And our guest this morning, we have Jose Sipo Matlangu and Nolundi Luwaya as our guest. Let's go back to the lines. Uh, Muzaya Tata, good morning. Hi, good morning, Sakina, uh, and to your guest. I think that the, one of the challenges that we have is that we are discussing um, this outside of a historical uh, perspective, or outside of the historical context, you know. Um, because I think that historically, when we check, it was the traditional leaders, our kings and our queens, who were in the first line of defense of African people, their land and their culture, 
when Europeans invaded our land. And so I think that traditional leaders carry the people's culture, their values, their norms, their mores, and their spirituality. And because now we are discussing this outside of that historical context, we are unable to realize the role that traditional leaders actually play in society. I think that colonialism destroyed our African systems of governance and spirituality and culture, and as a result, we exist currently in a neo-colonial condition which still perpetuates Eurocentric values that continue to undermine African value systems and African culture. And that's uh, Mosiah Nimtata. Joe is in East London. Good morning, Joe. Hi. Welcome. Morning. Yes, Joe. Yes, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with the gentleman who just spoke. Now, I couldn't agree more. He, he hit it on the, on the head. We are looking, you know, through the Western ideas, Western civilization. Everything we westernize everything. This gentleman is 120 percent correct. You know, we are changing everything and look how our lives are destroyed, how our children's lives are destroyed. You know, but that's I mean, not entirely true uh, in this instance because no, we no, spoke no, no, to uh, Dan Whitehead. Listen. They still have monarchies in the UK, Denmark, Spain, most parts of Europe. They still have monarchies. Yes, but, but what I'm saying is that, you know, I'm saying that, you know, our kings, you know, they are a, as old, you know, the tradition and kings, as the gentleman said now, they, they are as old as, as mankind, you know. Why do we have to change? If, if I don't agree with kingship or, you know, why don't I move out of the area and go to the urban place, you know? Why do I go to, and, and, and meddling in on... on on, on tradition and, and, and things that you were, you know, were born into. It's the same okay. thing where the women's, the women's, uh, uh, this organization of women, they were questioning this maiden dance, you know, a, a, a real dance, you know, of Kazulu Natal and, and, and Swaziland, where they say that, you know, uh, girls write and girls this, you know, but that teaches them, you know, f- uh, you know, you know, to conduct their, their lives, to, 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 to be safe from AIDS and not engage in sex and all that, you know? Well, uh, that's Joe in East London. Joe, sorry, we have to move along because we're running out of time and I just want to hear from Hassan Logat. Good morning. Uh, you still have to discuss how these kings and chiefs and others have changed from the anti-colonial mindset to actually being the ones now that are exploiting their own people. In the mining areas where we work, chiefs often side with the uh, give away the land without consideration to the people that they're supposed to be serving. So they're in cahoots with the mining bosses, clearly giving away licenses without any accountability. So there's a discussion. It's good to locate it in the past, but we need to know today whether they still serve the people. In the Bafokeng case, there are people with legitimate claims against the royal Bafokeng. So clearly, far more difficult. I think what the chief has to do in his, in his commission that he's going to enter this meeting, they must work out a website to find out to give us fully where the people get money from, from the state and also from the corporations.
Thank you so much, Hassan. Uh, let me run through a few messages just to end it. Wendy Adams says, uh, all kings should be paid the same salary as the president. Why? Uh, those kings are not serving the whole country. Chris says, traditional leaders are not uh, commodifying and politicizing the institution, isn't it? Uh, they value is not a currency. The great elephant, those who are not happy with the monarchs must relocate to the moon. We are happy with our kings. We recognize and love them. Job Mutsweni says that traditional leadership must be scrapped. It's undemocratic. Our traditional leaders are a living linked with the rich heritage of generations past. It's not outside the constitution to pay them. And Sony says, problem with traditional leadership is that it's not documented. We rely on individuals. And uh, then uh, perhaps just to cap it all, Sane uh, Sishia says, both systems could have worked in harmony, but human greed has taken over and the core purpose and role has been lost. And that, unfortunately, is where we have to leave it. But as Hassan says, we probably need to have more conversations.